Hello, you guys, and welcome to another episode of Mind Your Mind. My name is Nina van Essen, and I'm a Dutch mezzo-soprano classical singer. And I started this podcast to be talking to all sorts of different artists about the challenges they face both in and out of the spotlights. Today, I have the pleasure to be talking to Danae Contura, a Greek coloratura soprano with amazing vocal flexibility. She's a super kind and open person and has recently got into coaching other artists. Today, she's here to talk about the combination of singing and coaching other people and how she got into it. And I'm super excited. Because of the pandemic, we are still compromised to be recording on a distance. So the quality of the episode won't be the same the whole time. If you like what you hear and you want to like, subscribe and share, please do so and enjoy yourself. First of all, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So the idea was to ask you what your normal work week looks like. But since we haven't had normality in such a long time, um, and I'm assuming this is the case for you as well, maybe you can say something about the habits that you take with you anywhere you go, traveling or changing situations. Yeah, that's actually an interesting question. Um, I was actually reflecting on that and I almost couldn't remember what my work week looked like before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so... Uh, it's been too long, uh, but I guess it, it depended then and it depends also today um, on the fact, like, do I do I work? Like, do I have a production ongoing or do I not? And it, mm. that looks totally different. And I guess right. if I do have a production, of course, the rehearsals are the predominant part of the week. And if they are not too intense, I, I practice along that and uh, or sit with my music work out i'm very to pilates these days um and yoga yes. sometimes and since we well you know that we travel we cannot carry our friends with us all the time so i love talking mm. to my friends when i have a moment and then i you know i go in and out of instagram then i'm like oh i shouldn't be doing as much instagram i'll leave my phone <laughs> on the side then when i'm really working hard then i get jealous of people that are on vacation <laughs> yeah i understand that what about the other way around yeah like if i don't have a production then i'm like okay i should plan and still yeah. going in and out of instagram and then feeling jealous of people that are working you know <laughs> at the moment <laughs> And mostly yeah. thinking that I'm not using my time wisely when I'm, you know, when I'm not in rehearsal and I have to, um, well, then I choose how to distribute my time within mm -hmm. a day. Somehow it keeps coming up the thought, am I really using my time the way I would like to? But it's, it's right. kind of funny. I think I end up doing way more things than I realize, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but then I get to see my friends. If it's not a pandemic, I can travel and see them or they come to me. So can you tell me a little bit about like your performing path? Like where did you start? How did you end up on stage? What transition brought you to where and where you're now? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, lived in Greece for quite a while since I'm Greek. And I knew though, like with, if I, if I wanted to seriously, you know, go into opera singing that I would have to leave the country. Even for studies, we don't have uh, enough 
you know, um, universities or even like the quality that I mm. would wish for myself or for other singers. Mm. So then I uh, got into the university in Munich after two other failed attempts in Berlin and Vienna. Uh -huh. And uh, I had a really productive and nice time. I learned so much. Um, it was an amazing university. I, I really do believe so. Um, mm. The master's was quite hard, but really good. Um, and then just in the last moment, I got into the young artist program in Zenpa Opa. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my God, wow, I got a job, you know? <laughs> and then I met the intendant in Frankfurt. He offered me another spot in their young artist uh, program. And so I took that instead. Yeah. And uh, that was interesting because before that, I was stressing so much that I'm just going to finish university and I'm not going to have a job. Because all mm. the other auditions that I did it didn't matter if they were, you know, if they if I sang well or didn't sing that well, um, they just didn't result into any contracts. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, oh my god, you know, I'm finishing university, you know, I, I'm not getting a job. And then I got so tired of this, I will just deal with it. And I guess this kind of relaxed me a little bit, and then everything, you know, started happening. Rolling, yeah, that sounds very familiar. Yeah. So actually the moment you got comfortable with letting go of that kind of stress and tiredness, everything that was actually meant for you could come your way. I think a big one, I totally agree with that. And a big one in that is also, I think in the moment that I said, okay, I do not know, not know what is gonna come, you know? Mm. And I have been fighting the fact that I didn't know I was desperately trying to mm. put myself somewhere that I would absolutely know what's coming my way, you know? Mm. And the minute I decided, okay, there is no way that I know. And also the circumstances around me, they just show me very clearly that, let's see, can we get comfortable in here? Just realizing that within the unknown, I can be comfortable. Yeah, that's beautiful, because there's going to be so many moments of unknown, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, getting comfortable with that is, is it's scary, I have to say, uh, for myself. It is scary because we haven't, you know, um, I think we have been trained to be afraid of not knowing. I think that's why we create circumstance certain circumstances in our life to give us the illusion that we know how the next day and the next week and the next month are gonna and you know the beautiful thing about that this doesn't mean that we are in a way victims of whatever happens to us you know being comfortable with the fact that we don't know like i'm not just a leaf you know just blown around like things are gonna happen to me things are gonna happen to people around me but I get to act, I get to breathe through everything, I get to create upon everything, you know? Mm, that's beautiful. Does it make sense? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, totally. I'd like to get a little bit into why you started coaching other people and how that helped you shaping your own mindset and how did you get started on that? What were the things that led you to this idea? Um, how do you like combining it with singing? When it comes to mindset, to be honest, I have been reflecting on that for, for a bit. Um, and like training a mindset, I don't really know that this is an actual thing, mm -hmm. to be honest. 
Um, I, I, I do think that shifts happen when we just deeply see what else is mm-hmm. possible rather than actively trying to replace, like, let's say, a thought or habit pattern with a new one. Like, change happens in a way by itself. You don't even realize that you're changing. When you are able to see so deeply, you mean? Yeah, it's like, it's a process of reflection and just having your eyes open in the outside, but in the inside as well, you know, like, just a moment of stillness or just sitting with, whatever shows up for a moment or just talking to a friend you could have insights by you know talking to someone or even the Mm -hmm. the work I'm doing the coaching like I've been even having insights coaching someone on their you know on their uh, oh yeah palette of colors thoughts and everything so it's it's just you know you tune into that in a way by this is a process that every human being has the capacity for you know change happens then because once you see something deeply it's there is no way that you unsee it sometimes you can forget it but you cannot unsee it Mm -hmm. true and the thing with the mindset training is also like to me that was hard in the beginning before I got into coaching and into more like reflection and that um, I had a lot of people telling me also at school and university and stuff that I have to get things under control and I have to you know like uh, deal with my negativity or my stress or my whatever this did was that I got even more stressed and I had the feeling I'm not okay the way I am and then I need to be fixed Mm -hmm. and this this was kind of a you know it's a it's a hamster wheel oh yeah that's very damaging yeah yeah and how did you end up turning this around for yourself how did I turn it around? You mean the negativity and the stress and, and all that? Yeah, how did you end wheel? up seeing, <laughs> seeing that their approach might not have been the right one to you? How did you get that strength? It took me a while. In the beginning, I just I, I, I was fighting myself. That was the, the, the first thing. When you feel like you're not okay the way you are, you just start trying to fight whatever you feel is not all right in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And And that's... Um, that's very t- exhausting and that's also um, well it you know it's painful <laughs> mm-hmm. it's painful um, so at some point you know I kind of started realizing that I had entered so much into this wheel my first you know approach was to go to therapy mm-hmm. to deal with with all that you know um, and I did this for some years and it did help so that was the first step. And then I, I met a very good friend of mine. Uh, she's also an opera singer and a coach. And this was like how um, my mind opened towards that. She coached me for a while. Um, and I thought this was so fascinating because the approach was so different than therapy. Okay. Um, then the different how? And we were different how? Okay. Well, for starters... Not so occupied with the past in coaching. So right. it's not an analytical process of understanding why and how everything came to be. Where do I stand? What would I like? Who would I like to be? What would I like to create and achieve? Right. And then seeing what is standing on your way or in front of your issues you 
mm, in the way right. to feel yeah. it you need to address or what you need to understand more or mm-hmm. you know it's it's more of a moving forward process rather than trying to move backwards as the past is just like stored thought in a way yeah so, yeah I get does that. it make sense yeah totally totally so, yeah so that was kind of the basis of coaching that I I enjoyed it and I felt it's lighter I felt it's lighter I felt it's um it's more fun mm-hmm. <laughs> everything that is more fun is, it's nice you know it's beneficial this comes up in the book that you also recommended me the crazy good book by Steve yeah. Chandler um we can talk about it a little more after you finish this story how you got into it mm-hmm. yeah no it was it was uh, very funny because we were talking and she she told me yeah that's interesting I think you you could really do this very well and that um you're so you know interested in all that and you've seen so much for yourself and so that's how the idea kind of crept in you know Mm-hmm. And then I was looking for a program and she um, introduced me to her program. But that was too expensive for me in that time of no work. We were already in the pandemic. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, it's too much. Uh, I'm not comfortable with that. And then I started looking a little bit and it's like, there is so much offer. It's it's crazy. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm just surrendering. So I just let it be, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. Maybe it's not what I need to be doing right now. And then my program that I actually attended kind of fell on my lap. (laughs) Cool. A friend of mine from Greece, um, she had started the coaching. She wanted to be ICF certified. And so she had started this other program. And then suddenly I was sitting, I was in Italy uh, last summer and I was sitting there in the sun and I was like, oh, wait a minute. My friend had, had just started this coaching training. This just thought, I mean, I knew it, but this never occurred to me that to ask her. Can you give us the name of the coach? Sofia Kutsiana. Okay. She's cool. Greek and she's trained a lot in the States in many different coaching programs. And and you said something about an academy? Three Principles Academy. Okay. And uh, I got in touch with her and it was, we had a Zoom call and I immediately knew, okay, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to do. And even though I didn't quite understand exactly in that moment what it is about, you know, these times when you have like this inner knowing that I don't need my, all my uh, questions answered, this is it for me right now. You know, and I have this moment, sometimes you just see something and this shifts everything for you. Sometimes it takes Mm. time. Sometimes it happens like that. It's, it's just an amazing process. Really magical. Yeah. That sounds really, really interesting. So how um, did you find what people you want to coach? In my program, we started coaching each other. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of my clients came from these people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like some friends that I worked with, they just recommended me to their friends that, you know, wanted a shift in their lives or they wanted to realize more about themselves. Um, Then I... At some point, it made sense to me to um, start talking a little bit on Instagram about the things that I had seen for myself. Mm -hmm. And I started making like some stories about, I don't know, it was anxiety, I think was the first one or worrying. I didn't believe that um, could happen. Mostly it goes, it's like a chain. Like you work with Mm -hmm. someone and they really like what you do and then they, they talk about you. 
you know, and either they come from Instagram or from your circle or from, you know, it's yeah. just mostly in my, in, in my experience, it goes like that. That sounds great. Awesome. So you recommended me something um, by Steve Chandler. I, I managed to read the um, book called Crazy Good. I really mm. loved it. It touched some deep <laughs> nerves. One thing I really loved was how this system is perfect for the result it's getting. If you don't like mm -hmm. the result, change your system. I feel like sometimes we can get stuck on like having a certain result from something and not see how everything behind it is what we can actually quite easily change. And it doesn't need to be a big change. It doesn't need to be a complete change. It can be 5% better instead of changing the whole thing or, you know, yeah. wanting, wanting a, a massive shift in your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, well, this actually, yeah, this brings two things together that also spoke to me a lot when I was reading this book. Um, the 5% thing, in a way, many of us, I think we are programmed to, okay, I'm going to use an analogy here. When you're yeah. like on the bottom of the hill, right? And, mm -hmm. and you want to, to get on top. And then what we do is we stare there, right at the top. And we're like, oh my God. How am I going to get there? This is so far away. And just by just, you know, looking, you already made the first step. And then you look a little bit further on the next step. And then you make another step. So I think the 5% thing is this for me. Like, we want 100%. We, we, we feel like we're in zero and we want 100%. And we kind of miss to see that the 100% it just made, it, it's made out of fives right? Mm, you add five totally. to five and then another five. And, you know, it's more like, I think he mentions it in the book as well. You don't have to take the scary big leap of faith. Just take the next step. Yeah. And that's, Absolutely. Um, I think that, that um, release is also a lot of pressure because the next step, we can do the next step. Everyone can do the next step. And we just mm -hmm. take a little bit of a step every time we we put our time and attention in what we want to create. I liked very much how he described how, you know, you can read up on how to take the step and do all your research. But the moment you go into, I should take this, you get yourself tangled in discouragement and disappointment. Yeah. Because the thing is, when we realize that we don't really have to do anything, you know, like we come to this world, we can also just lay on the floor. So mm. what? we'll probably die without food and water, but we can do that. I mean, it's not, you know, we don't have to. Think. We don't, we, we shouldn't do it. Like there is no, we create all that form of, obligation and you know and turning this around in a way of asking yourself what do you really want to do what do you want to do it's tricky because then you know like there are lots of questions coming yeah but I should you know go to the bank I should pay my bills I should 
but then there is always something else behind that you know when there's resistance especially towards these things it's worth looking at what type of concepts and patterns are creating all these shoots but also all this resistance to that um, yeah and then having cleared the ground then you can really pop the question what would you like to create you know yeah. when this is out of the way what would you like to create you could maybe say that the more resistance there is the more there is something interesting for us to get there. There's always reasons why it is there. Mm, I like that. I mean, yeah, obviously resistance is something that makes us want to not see or run away from something. What I've seen from my clients, from myself, the more you try to avoid something, it haunts you <laughs> anyway. So it's an interesting that is really true it's a funny it? it's a humorous mechanism <laughs> yeah yeah so is there a thing for you that keeps popping up that you so to say have to mind yourself from doing mm, i mean i don't know i have many patterns that you know could potentially uh, trigger things in me um i think we all do stress mm -hmm. is a big one for me resistance also i would say Mm -hmm. um, the, the thing that, that I uh, have found most uh, beneficial is to not try and work anything out with these things, to not try and see how I can fix my stress, how I can fix my resistance, how I can fix my bad mood, how I can fix my whatever, jealousy, I get jealous sometimes, realize that this isn't just another feeling or another thought or another state. Mm. And that this is passing states of stress or like resisting or resenting or, you know, oh, why am I experiencing this? I should be experiencing that. That that clicks it a little bit also with expectation, you know, like we have an mm. idea and an image how our life should turn out this is not you know um on that path we start resisting it and we start resenting mm. it and we're like but no i should be happy i'm on vacation why am i not happy this is shitty i need to fix mm -hmm. this and then it's again the hamster wheel you know yeah it's it's a thinking state it's a mm. it's a state that is not here to stay it's a state that doesn't really have to do anything in the outside it's a it's an internal you know um process it's a little bit of pressure on fixing yourself who says that our experience needs to be a certain thing all the time you know i used to take all these states of mind really really seriously and personally and i'm like oh no it's my stress again <laughs> happened to me why do i have to deal with all that you know and then it gets oh, yeah. so serious and rigid and personal and then you're kind of you know, um, over identifying with a it. prisoner of that, you know, yeah, yeah. over identifying experience. And sometimes it's not possible that you just view it as an experience because when you're just really deep in your, um, in your thinking world, in your, in your personal reality, you don't immediately see it that this is not actually a reality and that this is a thought formed, feeling formed. It doesn't matter how long it takes. We always wake up. This always changes. And our system 
intelligence to do it by itself. We, it's not even something that we have, we don't have to think our way to anything to change, mm. you know, change happens, moods change. Absolutely. I like this quote from the book as well, which says, after you condemn yourself being wrong or bad, you immediately disconnect yourself from reality. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Me too. I like that very much. It's exactly what you've just been saying. It's like, um, yeah, reality is actually there to work with you as long as you, yeah, don't put these condemning things in the way. It takes you very much away from existing time. You mean when we go into a thinking state of mind, we tend to go into, I should have done this differently, I had other plans, but we don't see what's actually right there in front of us. Yeah, we disconnect. And it's fine, you know? It's all fine, because this happens to everyone. There is no one that is 100% of the time focused or balanced or um, in peace with everything. No, this that's is, why you have your thing. coaching job. <laughs> yeah, even through this, even working with someone and in coaching and everything, you're still gonna be human like there is no way out of our human experience but this is the beautiful thing it's shared we all share i like that very much i've been meaning to ask you if you could give us one of your favorite quotes a, a really good one is there is nothing you can get wrong there is nothing you can do wrong because wrong and right in a way they are also um concepts that we created mm -hmm. they don't really exist rather than in our concept about what is right and what is wrong i like that in another way life is life you know um flow is flow and experience is experience and we label them or we label ourselves and we label our actions we have the good ones and the bad ones or like that's a good deed and that's a bad deed um mm. that's a, some, the wrong thing to do oh i took this job and it didn't turn out the way i expected it so this was a wrong step um this is just something that we made up in a way <laughs> it's just us being on our learning curve on our life learning curve I like that. And on your life learning curve where you are right now, could you give your younger self an advice? What would that be? Oh, you know, I really think there is nothing I could have told myself back then that would have made a difference. You know, sometimes people come in your life and they, they have wisdom to share. Everyone has wisdom to share. But you're just not there to find it in yourself this wisdom mm. so it doesn't really so it's just words true and that's the thing so i would just give me a hug and just hold me for a minute and i would get the sensation that i'm perfectly fine <laughs> just breathe within that and take a break you know then go on on my way <laughs> i like that yeah <laughs> 
it's an ongoing process. That's the thing. And there's no skipping of the learning curve. I've, even now, I don't know. I, would, I don't know how I'm going to be looking at this in two days, you know. Mm. I had a system that I thought I need to make it with this particular system, going back to the system we were talking earlier. Mm. And then I was trying to get a certain result from a certain system, not being willing to look at, oh, maybe I need to broaden a little bit and see what is the system that I'm applying. Mm-hmm. Or what do I actually want behind what I want? Exactly. Because if you'd asked me earlier in my life, I just wanted to have results. Great career. And in my mind, this was clicked with being successful and having, you know, made it to life, let's say. Behind that event was just me wanting to, in a way, I was also looking for validation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I'm, 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 as I'm, you know, having this career or whatever, this means I am something that is worth being, mm-hmm. you know, the interesting thing was my career started happening, right. And I, I was just one year out of school. I had so many guest contracts and I was like, wow, that's really happening, you know? And mm-hmm. so if this would have been true, then I, I should have been so happy all the time. Happy. Right. Yeah, because this was happening and, and I thought, wow, the validation and, you know, I'm doing it and I'm like climbing this whole, you know, career mountain. Yay, go me. I was really, really not in a good place. <laughs> yeah. Like for me also, this was, this was the first time I started seeing it. I started seeing that it has nothing to do with what's happening in the outside. But I just, I did not pay attention to that at this time. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, that's interesting. Why is it not working? I'm doing a career. Why am mm-hmm. I not super happy, you know? Right. But then I, I just thought, oh, I just need to have an even better career. That's why I'm not happy yet. We haven't arrived yet. That's the thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I just moved on with my same system, with my same, you know, I, I wasn't ready to see it back then. And now, like, so- slowly, step by step, realizing that, my state of being, my feelings and has my experience actually has nothing to do with the outside world. This is what kind of, this is what sets you free. It can be pleasant or unpleasant and you can have an experience that is this or that, but this is not connected to the thing. It's just connected to your inner thinking and feeling, you know, because the thought is what is what's what creates the feeling which is why mm-hmm. it's so great to learn how to process your thoughts yeah how to view them is that something you do with the people you coach yeah i mean it's very individual but yes there is like a an understanding that it's like it's like the gravity law you know of course there is a starting point but the work itself it's very individual like it's, it's interesting how I can have sometimes like three coachings in a row and each one is a completely different coaching, you know, not just mm-hmm. the content of it, but the, my, my way of being with someone because everyone is so different, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So coming back to, to, to end this beautiful chat, um, as artists, now that we've talked about all these things that have brought you into into more accepting into more peace more less uh less condemning mm-hmm. yourself into things does that make you a, a more all-round artist 
does 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 every artist need to go through that you think or what is a good all-round artist for you um yeah well to be honest we are all so different in our ways of thinking and i don't think everyone has to go through you mm. know coaching no, I agree. or you know mm. i think it's it's a form it's coaching is also like it's a container you know um and and it will be beneficial for some people and some people might not even need it you know we all have our own innate wisdom and something might come up that they feel a bit stuck in it but also not necessarily sometimes we get stuck and we get even unstuck ourselves you know <laughs> yeah um, and sometimes it helps to know a little bit more how our experience is being generated and how our minds work so that we can then self-regulate and stop in a way being so much in our own way of self-regulating you know <laughs> artist um i don't know in my mind when i hear that i feel like this is someone that you know their art is is pouring out of them as the most natural thing as if they are like completely out of their personal uh being is almost out of the way and they're like a vessel mm, doesn't make like sense that. totally it's kind of happening through them but it's still kind of being colored by all their experiences their personal then experiences and stuff our life experiences and, and our understanding of life, it plays a big part. But also mm -hmm. the time and attention we then put into our uh, art and our and, and developing the skill, it's, it's not just the vessel. Of course, we want to develop our skills and, and you know, give ourselves, ourselves more means for expression. I love that. To be honest, because this sounds all really nice and amazing and, you know, I don't want people to think, oh wow but how is this even possible i do st mm. you know and i have a concert and i'm like oh fuck or an audition i'm like i don't know you know all my oh, yeah. you know thoughts but fuck this up you know <laughs> this is important <laughs> and you know i need to get my stress and like i i still have all these sorts these kinds of thoughts and you know i still experience this and we all still experience some parts of thinking that we don't enjoy And sometimes I realize that, oh, yeah, I'm in a state of stress. Oh, yeah, I just put too much meaning or importance on something and I'm pressuring myself. And sometimes mm -hmm. this makes the state and the thoughts go milder. And yeah. sometimes it doesn't and I do it anyway. And sometimes I just shit my pants and it's fine as well. You know, <laughs> how much can you be attached from a certain result? And I think you can the minute you are able to see that your well-being is not attached to any result. I love that. Thank you so much, Danae. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I hope next time maybe we can talk in person, but thank you for now. Thank you, Nina, so much. I enjoyed this so much. I wish we Me would too. have another two hours. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to Danae just as much as I did. I wish you a very good day and I see you at the next one.